Friday night and it's time for the Three Valleys Radio Racing Show. On the show tonight, Colin Brown will be making a special tribute to Her Majesty the Queen. We've got all our usual guests, Rod Milman, Jamie Snowden, Nick Schofield. Plus, of course, Colin's tips and Dave Wilson's tips. Good evening and welcome to the racing show here on Three Valleys Radio. Obviously the world is still coming to terms with the loss of Her Majesty the Queen and certainly racing has lost one of its greatest ambassadors ever. But as usual we're going to start with the racing uh, news from the racing media with Mike Padden and obviously this week is dominated by news about Queen Elizabeth II's passing. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News. I'm Mike Padden. A slightly different look to this week. We will be heading over to the Racing Post where we have two reports from their fine reporters. First we will head to Lee Motter's head. A monarch is inevitably and necessarily a distant figure. Perhaps, however, those of us who love horse racing as the Queen so very dearly loved horse racing, may have felt a connection with her that others were not fortunate to have. Across this nation, and indeed this world, Her Majesty is now mourned. Across racing, particularly British racing, she will be so very desperately missed. Is it too fanciful to say that we may have felt we knew her better than those without that shared passion for the thoroughbred? We certainly got to see her in a way others did not. To witness the Queen on a racecourse was to cast your eyes on the most famous person in the world, momentarily freed from the chains of service. She looked at her most relaxed, the radiant smile on her face entirely sincere and spontaneous. She looked, quite simply, like a racing fan. She was, quite simply, a racing fan. Like a Cheltenham devotee whose first annual holiday booking each year ensures their presence at the festival, the Queen's Diary always had six days blocked off. Royal Ascot and the Derby will survive without her, for there was horse racing before the Queen and there will be horse racing after the Queen. Yet, the idea of this sport being parted from its greatest patron, its very figurehead, is hard to compute. If there is an image that most immediately springs to mind, it is that of the Queen in Ascot's Royal Box during the closing stages of the 2013 Gold Cup. Twelve months on from her triumph in the Queen's Vase, which the jubilant owner received from her husband, Estimate went down in history as the most significant of all the Queen's royal meeting winners fighting off Siminun to claim the royal meeting's signature prize by a neck. It brought rapturous cheers from the 61,954 people in attendance. The cheers continued when we saw how much it all meant to Her Majesty. Ascot's giant screens broadcast pictures that showed the Queen watching the final furlong of the Gold Cup alongside her racing adviser John Warren. She was dressed in lilac and covered with joy. As Estimate passed the post in front, the Queen did not simply smile, she beamed, having willed her filly home and salute her heroics with applause. Those wonderful pictures went all round the world. Nobody had ever seen the Queen look more joyful. She had been only five when represented on a race course for the first time. The then Princess Elizabeth was not at Newmarket that summer afternoon in 1931, but the filly Lilibet was named after his granddaughter by King George V. 
Sixteen years on, in October 1949, the young royal had her first runner as an owner. Three days later, the princess became a winner for the first time when Monavine, owned jointly with her mother, won over fences at Fontwell before landing the Queen Elizabeth Chase at Hearst Park. In the 1950 book Flat Racing Since 1900, there is a chapter called Some Women in Racing, penned by the Honourable Mrs George Lambton. At the end of her contribution to the volume, the author wrote... And now I must refer to the latest recruit to the ranks of women owners, for the whole racing world has lately acclaimed with delight the success of Princess Elizabeth. That she and the Queen should have entered into partnership in a steeplechase horse has given intense satisfaction to all national hunt enthusiasts, and that the horse is a good one, and has already won an important race, is all that could be desired. Monavine's victory at Hearst Park was really a triumph for all concerned, and the pleasure and enthusiasm of the princess were a delight to behold. There may be many more victories for her, both on the flat and over fences, and what could be better than one day to see her lead in the winner of the derby? That derby win never came. So many others did. Britain's four remaining classics all have the Queen on their honour rolls. Carrozza won the Oaks under Leicester Pickett in 1957, one year before Pall Mall captured the 2,000 guineas. The 50s had been kind to the royal racing fortunes, and although the 60s did not swing in the Queen's favour, there was a wonderful renaissance in the decade that followed, principally thanks to two marvellous fillies trained by Dick Hearn, High Clare and Dunfermline. Each won two classics, Highclere's second providing the Queen with her greatest international success. She was in attendance at a baking hot Chantilly for the 1974 Prix de Diane, arriving up the home straight in a Rolls-Royce in a manner French racing officials hoped would come close to mirroring Ascot's royal procession. Having been presented with the winning owner's trophy following Highclere's dazzling two-length tour de force, the Queen was asked by an official if he could take the trophy back so that it may be adorned with her name and that of her filly. She politely let it be known that this was not her desired course of action. I want to organise a great dinner tonight at Windsor Castle and I would like to have the trophy on the table, the Queen explained adding with a wide smile, Don't worry, we have very good engravers in England. They were in her thrall at Chantilly, as throughout her marathon reign they have been all around the world. European Racing's Premier Championship mile race, the Queen Elizabeth II Stakes, is staged at Ascot. The highlight of Sydney's Autumn Carnival is the Queen Elizabeth Stakes, while there is also a Queen Elizabeth Stakes during Flemington's Melbourne Cup Carnival. Japan, Hong Kong and the United States all have prestigious prizes run as the Queen Elizabeth II Cup. In so many parts of the world, the Queen has been recognised as the First Lady of Racing, the sport's true head of state. Such recognition has stemmed from respect on many levels. The Queen was a consummate horsewoman who possessed a thorough knowledge of all her horses. Her memory for matters relating to racing was phenomenal. She decided which stallions her mare should visit and then followed the progress of the progeny from the moment they were born. She was utterly fascinated. A copy of the Racing Post was delivered to her each morning. She was in regular contact with her trainers and took the most enormous pleasure whenever one of her horses won, no matter how small the race. She was very well aware of the time, effort and patience that had made each of those wins possible. That was because she loved her horses and cared for them deeply, as she did the sport, which unintentionally entered her speech during the 2003 state opening of Parliament. My government, she said, will continue to reform the National Health Service by giving more freedom to National Hunt uh, National Health Service staff. Contrary to what her audience in the House of Lords might have thought, she did not have a runner at Towchester that afternoon. Hers was a bloodstock empire, 
funded entirely by her own purse, that enjoyed a revival in the final years of her life. A royal winner was always a notable winner, not just for all connected with the horse, but also the sport, and such moments will be missed. In a wider sense, the Queen's death has been dreaded by British racing for some time. Her association with racing was of huge benefit to its standing with the public. More crudely, but no less crucially, wealthy international owners and high-profile sponsors were all drawn to the industry because of the Queen. They craved the chance to spend time in her company, or even just to meet her. The Queen was racing's greatest asset by a country mile. Now she is gone, there will be some fears for the future. Now, though, is not the right time for anxiety about the future. It is a moment to reflect on a past made happy and glorious by one uniquely special lady. Before the Queen presented the prizes for any race at Royal Ascot, the Master of Ceremonies would begin proceedings with the words, May it pleasure your Majesty. There is not a shred of doubt it pleased her very much indeed. And our second report here on the Racing News comes from John Randall. The Queen owned four horses who won six classics between them, and although the ultimate prize of the derby eluded her, she won all the other British classics. She achieved that tally with Carrozza at the Oaks, Pall Mall the 2,000 guineas, Highclere the 1,000 guineas and the Prix de Diane, and Dunfermline, who won the Oaks and St Ledger. Most of her early horses were bred at the Royal Studs and trained by Cecil Boyd Roachford, like Oriel, who in 1953 came fifth in the 2000 Guineas, second in the Derby, and third in the St Ledger before developing into a champion as a four-year-old. Ariole would have won an average Derby, but the great Pinzer trounced him by four lengths. He started favourite for the St Ledger, but the stable's second-string premonition prevailed. The Queen enjoyed her first classic victory in 1957 thanks to Carozza, one of her national stud-bred hirelings, trained by Noel Merlis. After finishing fourth to Rose Royal in the Thousand Guineas, she carried her owner's second colours in the Oaks. But in a desperate finish, the 100-8 shot, ridden by Lester Piggott, held on by a short head from an Irish-trained silken glider. Carrozza was eclipsed later in the season by another royal filly, Almeria, and was not even the pick of the Oaks field, as the third-placed Rose Royal proved the best filly in Europe. The owner's only classic-winning colt was Pall Mall in the 2000 Guineas of 1958, when he headed major portion in the dip and beat him by half a length. He was ridden by Doug Smith and started at 20-1 to because he was Boyd Rochford's second string. As the four-year-old Pall Mall won the locking stakes for the second time and put up the performance of his life when carrying top weight of nine stone seven pounds into second place in the Royal Hunt Cup, giving twenty pounds to the winner. The Queen had five worthy winners in the derby between 1954 and 1959. Landau and two pairs of half-brothers, Atlas and Minus Lamp, and Dutel and Above Suspicion but they all ran below their best. The supply of Royal Classic prospects leased from the National Stud dried up completely when the Stud discontinued its breeding operation. The last of them, Hopeful Venture, was fancied for the 1967 St Ledger, but the other joint favourite, Riboco, beat him into second place by a length and a half. The Queen's first Classic runner, trained by Dick Hearn, was Charlton fourth to Nijinsky in the 1970 St Ledger, and it was Hearn who guided the careers of dual classic winning fillies Highclere and Dunfermline. Highclere won the 1,000 guineas in 1974, 28 years after her grandam Hypericum had won the race for the owner-breeder's father. Starting at 12-1, to 1, the blinkered filly was sent to the front, two furlongs out, by Joe Mercer, and despite swishing her tail, ran on gamely to repel the favourite Polygamy by a short head. Polygamy landed the oaks, while Highclere waited for the shorter French version, the Prix de Diane, which she won going away by two lengths from Contest de Loire. 
she was not quite Britain's champion three-year-old filly, being officially rated £1 below Dibby Dale. Dunfermline had fortune on her side in both her classic victories in 1977, especially in the Oaks because the favourite Dutal got loose before the start and had to be withdrawn. In the St Ledger, as a ten-to-one shot, she relished the searching test of stamina set by two pacemakers, her own and alleged. The odds-on favourite, who was sent to the front too soon by Lester Piggott. She challenged approaching the final furlong and Woody Carson drove her to victory by a length and a half. It was the best single performance by any of the Queen's horses and Dunfermline was the only horse ever to beat the great alleged. She was then fourth to alleged in the arc and third when odds on for the pre-Royal Oak, the French St Ledger. The Queen then had three derby runners in four years but English Harbour High Clare's first foal, Milford, and Church Parade were all unplaced. Over the years, her other classic runners included Pindari, third in the 1959 St Ledger, joking apart, third in the 1975 1000 Guineas, and Flight of Fancy, her unluckiest classic loser, when second in the 2001 Oaks. Denied a clear run, she had to be switched off the rails and finished strongly a length and a quarter behind Imagine. Flight of Fancy was trained by Sir Michael Stout, as was Colton House, who in 2011 won the Dante Stakes and started 5-2 favourite for the Derby. He finished third, beaten only a length by the winner, Pumois, compared with the four-length margin by which Ariole had been beaten in 1953. So that was the closest the Queen ever came to fulfilling her ultimate racing ambition. Our thanks to Lee Mottershead and John Randall for those lovely reports. This has been the Racing News with all the news that is the news across the racing media. Join us again next time for the Racing News. Thanks for listening. Well now let's find out where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well there are seven races on the flat at Newbury with a 1.10 start. Eight races on the flat at Air with a 1.20 start, of course including the Air Gold Cup. Newmarket, seven races on the flat with a 1.31. And there are eight races on the flat at Garham Park with a 1.35 start. Seven races on the flat at Catterick, 1.48 start. Seven races over the jumps at Navan in Ireland. 235 start, seven races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a 525 start. There is racing at Randwick in Australia. Earlier in the week I got together with Colin Brown who of course had met Her Majesty the Queen and we went over her whole involvement in horse racing since she came to the throne. Well good evening Colin, It's uh, it's been a, a sad week and racing's lost a huge ambassador in the uh, in the shape of the Queen. I mean, you, you've had some dealings with Her Majesty. Um, what are your memories of her? What a fantastic lady. Well, my memories of her, I mean, I've been lucky, Adia. I have met her um, for a 10-minute chat um, once, and then I have ridden several of her horses that go into a yard uh, a friend of mine owns um, for pre-training, meaning they get there as yearlings, uh, they get broken in, and and he sort of, uh, you know, he pre-trains them. Then they go through the various trainers that she's used. But um, I mean, I remember what everybody remembers really, just what a true, proper human being she was. She loved her horses. She loved everybody. She made everybody at ease. And I know everybody's uh, said that this week. You know, uh, the way she makes people at ease. But, you know, she was just a wonderful, wonderful person. And I don't think, you know, that mould will never be made again. Um, 70 years she's, you know, served our country and she's been on the throne and made some massive decisions. Um, and, you know, she, she, she's had, she has some lovely um, stately homes to go to, Balmoral, where sadly she passed away last Thursday, of course and Sandringham and Windsor Castle. And, you know, the, just watching programmes on TV about the Royal Yacht, she was in tears when the Royal Yacht was, uh, to, you know, put into dry dock because, yeah. um, 
it was all designed by her and Prince um, Philip. And, you know, she is just quite an amazing person. And we'll get onto the racing side in a minute. But, you know, I have friends, an old postman friend of mine, uh, Michael Heinett, him and his wife and son went up last Saturday to Windsor Castle and, and with her sister as well, um, his sister-in-law, because years ago they sort of worked in Windsor and they caught glimpses of the Queen. They went to various things that she attended, charity things and whatever. You know, and they just went up at seven in the morning just to lay some flowers and uh, and um, just, uh, you know, sit and just think about what a wonderful person she was, what a wonderful queen she was. But yeah. It's amazing, though, isn't um, it? When you when you see the, the crowds that are queuing up now to file past her uh, her coffin, I mean, it, it's four miles long. It's, it's, you know, that sort of dedication is unbelievable, isn't it, really? Unbelievable. Well, it's not unbelievable, but it is just incredible. It just shows, um, you know, what people thought of her. Yeah. I mean, she was just, she was just fantastic, wasn't she? And when she sort of hid that um, that scene with James Bond, you know, yeah. uh, a few years ago. Uh, I mean, she's and Paddington Bear. Well, he keeps getting a mention, of course. You know, mm. um, everybody be buying Paddington Bear, but it's just incredible, just incredible person and she knew her horses inside out i mean it had been 207 years since the king or queen had won the um gold cup at royal ascot and when sir michael stout's estimate got up to win they were jumping up and down and um when you probably you know some of your listeners have probably watched tv this week and seen her and John Warren, her racing manager, I thought he was going to kiss her for a second, but he didn't <laughs> quite. But he was jumping up and down. Had it been 200 years ago, he probably would have got beheaded yeah. jumping up and down with a quick king or queen like that. But, you know, estimate one, Ryan Moore, cool as cool, he said, don't know where you had to jump up and down. He said, I had it in the bag, you know, <laughs> winning a shade cosily. But him, Ryan Moore, Michelle, Michael Stout, and... Um, Sadly, his, his his late wife um, were invited to Buckingham Palace uh, that evening for drinks or, or Windsor Castle, shall I say? And um, and just uh, you know, they're both fairly quiet, intelligent gentlemen. They just said we had a very nice time, and that was it, really. You know, fancy getting invited along there. You know, Ryan Moore would be, you know, he's a fairly quiet guy anyhow, and to get invited along by the Queen, you know. Um, I bet he absolutely sparked right up. What a what 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 a what a great thing to happen! And mm. you know, all the winners over the years. She knew the breeding. Um, she used to come down for a stable that I rode um, work for uh, a friend of mine who pre-trains horses, meaning they come to them as yearlings, get broken in, meaning they get the saddle and the bridle on, get them going around in circles and cantering away, and then you know when they're ready to do a little bit on the gallop then Her Majesty would come down and see them. And she loved to come and see them. And she knew all the breathing, you know, as Willie Carson said, she named all her horses, you know, by the sire and the mother. There was always some sort of connection. And um, you just mentioned just now Willie's favourite horse, probably, that he rode the Queen for the Queen was um, the Guineas winner and Coronation Stakes and all sorts of winners um, that he rode on, Dunfermline. Um, you know, back in the day. And she just knew all the breathing and everything about them. You know, she would have a little bit of paper in her hand given to her by um, my, my my friend who, who pre-trained her horses, saying which order they'd come up in. And she'd tell you all the breathing, the dam, the grand dam, the great grand dam. You know, she just knew everything. She was, you know, when, when she just got away from the palace, and come down and see her horses, you know, totally relaxed, knew the score, just a wonderful, wonderful person, and, you know, very, very, very sad that, um, bless her heart, that she's passed away. But she was 96, so you have to rejoice, you have to, you know, look back and think, you know, how lucky have we been, and how lucky has she been to see, you know, all her, you know, children and her grandchildren and great-grandchildren, you know, start to, you know, to, to grow up, the youngsters, I mean, and um, 
you know, her final winner the other day was trained by a guy that I think you spoke to a few times and I've known for many years, and I wrote with him for many years, was Clive Cox. Yeah. And, you know, Clive, he, he's a very decent gentleman, great trainer, and absolutely over the moon that horses for Her Majesty. And I, I messed up with him at the races the other day because I believe you're going to do a piece on the radio with him at some stage. And um, I said to him, fantastic yesterday and, and I said that nose is for the Queen how lovely yeah yeah and not only that you know Jamie Snowden he's got some horses for uh, the Queen Consort now so uh, uh, it sounds yeah, as though Queen Consort and, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know they're going to carry on the tradition which is great news I think I think she'll be good um, uh, Camilla and Prince Charles you know he'll just leave it to her and she will totally respect uh, Her Majesty's um, colours um, and be absolutely proud to, you know, to, to be able to, um, you know, oversee the horses that were owned and bred by Her Majesty the Queen. In fact, coming back to Clive Cox, I sent him a text, bless, bless her heart, uh, you know, Queen Elizabeth um, died on Thursday. I sent him a text Wednesday because at Goodwood, he had a horse called Love Always, which had been placed a few times. Came good, one with Adam Kirby in the saddle. And that was Her Majesty's last winner. So the last trainer she sent a horse to was Clive Cox. And the last winner was trained by Clive Cox. And it was aptly named, I thought, um, for her last winner. Love Always, because I think the whole nation, the whole world, all of us will always love the Queen. Lovely, job. Thank you, Colin. Um, it's, it's great to uh, to go back and speak to somebody that's actually known the Queen, and you obviously have known her. So I think that was lovely. So thank you very much for doing that, sir. And, um, yeah, we will, we will speak to you later. Right, well, now it's time to get in touch with our regular contributors on the show. Um, we're going to start off down in Columpton with Rod Millman. Well, good afternoon, Rod. Uh, thanks for joining us on the show. Um, since we last spoke, it's been a... Uh, a very sad week and obviously losing the Queen, especially with her connections to racing, is is, is a major blow uh, to everybody really. And uh, to see the way the, the whole nation is, is uh, you know, um, mourning her death is, is, a, is a, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an awful sort of situation to be in really. But um, have you, during your racing career, have you had any connections with the Queen? Have you ever had to meet her or anything? Um, the nearest I've come to her is standing in the winner's enclosure when she's finished second. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. And she she was actually there. Um, and, um, you know, it was quite a... Um, that was the nearest I ever came. I was stood next to her for two or three minutes, um, sort of three, foot, three or four foot away, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we didn't exchange uh, pleasantries, I'm afraid. No. <laughs> but... Um, no, she's been a wonderful lady, obviously, and she's, um, and it's funny, you know, you think that the royal family's not so popular now, well, just goes to show the outpourings of grief yeah. and admiration for her for the last few days proves it's not the case. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's a huge loss to racing in general, though, isn't she, as well, because of her, you know, her, her absolutely uh, fantastic support that she gave it. Yes, it is. I mean, you know, and I think she had more horses in training this year than she ever has. You know. Yeah, and she's got and, quite um, a she's got quite a big sort of setup, hasn't she, in terms of brood mares and, and. Oh yes, yes. I mean, you know, she's got her own stud, and uh, it's quite it's quite a big thing, like you know. And um, hopefully, uh, King Charles will continue. I don't think he'll do it quite so big as her, probably. No. Um, but he's always been interested in racing, and Camilla's very very committed. Yeah. So. Um, I I I don't think it'll carry on quite as large as it is, but I'm sure it will carry on in a way. No, well that's that's a good thing. As you say, Camilla is known to be to be quite into racing, isn't she? So mm, I think I'm right, right in saying she's got a few of her own horses as well. So hopefully, as you say, yeah. the tradition will be carried on. Really. Well, it's funny. You said, um, one of my old friends called her in the yard today, Vince McKevitt. He led up Prince Charles several times when Prince Charles rode. All right, yeah, and um, yeah. Uh, and I was I was in the weighing room when he rode Newton Abbott many years ago when he rode one of the Queen Mothers in a in a yeah. hurdle race. Yeah, yeah. And Vince said that he was, you know, really good fun. 
to work with. And, um, you know, obviously, he knew him very well. Vince is one of the security men now for the jockey uh, for the BHA. Yeah. And um, we were riding together for a long time. Oh, right. But, um, no, it's a it's change of the guard. I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure King Charles will um, take up the mantle very well. Yeah, I'm sure he will as well. But uh, moving on to racing, you've got uh, uh, one of you got three or four on Saturday uh, entered. Um, are all of them going? Crazy Luck, Billy um, Mill, Sapleto. Crazy Luck doesn't run. Uh, right. Billy Mill runs in Newcastle tomorrow, and Ginepi um, probably goes to Wolverhampton. So uh, we've got. Fast Steps and Sir Plato in the Amateurs Cambridgeshire at Newmarket on Saturday. That's our main runners. Yeah, good chance. Well, they're both in form. Um, Sir Plato's had a revival lately with Joe Supple. Yeah. She had a third and a second with him and um, hoping to go one place better on Saturday. On Saturday. Mm-hmm. And Fast Steps is a very classy horse. Patrick won on him. He was third in the Amateur Derby with him last time. And he's a good horse, you know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, what did you say? I, I missed Gineppi. Gine- is, is he still running? Gineppi, she's young. She's season at Wolverhampton on, on Saturday yeah. night. And uh, much of a chance there? Um, well, she hasn't run very well up to now, so we're trying to sort of get her, get her career back on track, really. Yeah, yeah, OK. Fine. And um, But you, the form of your horses generally, though, seems to be holding up still pretty well. I mean, when you look at the last... I don't know, you've got a third, a fifth, a second, a first, a eleventh, a first, a third, a sixth. You know, it's, it's 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 solid form, isn't it, for the whole stable? Yes, they've kept the form very well this year. Above expectations, would you say? Yeah, well, we're having a great year, so we can't complain at all. Yeah, good. OK, then, Rod, well, thanks for joining us, as usual, and we'll speak to you again next week. OK, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Rod. Bye. Bye-bye for now. That was Rod Millman. Now we're going to catch up with Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne. Good evening, Jamie. Thank you for joining us on the show. Um, a very sombre show as far as we're concerned. Um, you know, to lose our Queen is, is bad enough, but to lose somebody who is, is so into horse racing, uh, we've lost a huge ambassador for the sport, haven't we? Yeah, it's very, very, very sad. Um, you know, we, we, we must rejoice, you know, as well as being sad, I think. Um, Obviously, Her Majesty the Queen was 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 wonderful for for, for the sports, um, racing for horses, for, for animals, for the country life, for, for for the country and for the for the world. She was a, a remarkable lady. But um, I think we I think we must rejoice as well as be sad. Now, with your military background, would I be right in assuming that you've uh, had occasions to to meet the Queen or come across the Queen some way? Yeah, I was um, very, very, I was very, very lucky to have, to have met her a few times. I was, I was very fortunate. I, I, I rode for her as well as a jockey, and um, even, even more privileged to, to have won three races for her. So uh, yeah, very lucky. When, when did you ride for her, then, Jamie? I didn't know that. Um, I, as, during my time as an amateur jockey, I, I, I think I had five rides for her and three winners. So um, yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> I was very fortunate. Uh, was that sort of regular races, or was that one of these military military type cup, cup jobs? I no, I rode I, I rode for her in, um, in a, in a couple of those military races, but also um, under rules as well. All oh, right, okay. And, and how did you find her? Well, she was she was wonderful. She was very knowledgeable. Um, she 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 was, she she loved the sport, and her her sort of enthusiasm for, for it was was very infectious and uh, what about our new king have you have you had any meetings with him at all well I, again we're, we're lucky that i've um i i i, I trained for um the, the now the majesty the queen consort um oh for camilla yeah she was the, yeah the, she was the duchess of cornwall and um yeah we we we, we trained we trained for her we've had a, a few winners for her as well so um, I, I, his Majesty, um, a couple of times as well. So yeah, it's um, it's you know the, the baton passes on, and and um, and hopefully you know everyone can get behind them as much as uh, they get they got behind um, uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, absolutely. And do you feel that um, you know the King and the Queen Consort will be um, 
you know, wanting to carry on the, the, the whole operation because I know the Queen has got a, a huge sort of operation, stud farm, brood mares and what have you. Yeah, I think um, I, I think I think they will. Um, obviously, it's still still sort of um, early days in all of that. But um, yeah, but, you know, the, the the Queen Consort is is very um, is very much you know into her, into her racing and wants to support that that um, that way of life as well. So I, 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 it's still early days, and obviously it hasn't been decided what what's what's going to happen. But um, I, I, I very much hope and think that they will they will support it as much as um, the Majesty Queen did. Yeah, yeah. And have you still got horses for um, the Queen Consort? I, I, I missed that, sorry, Have I got horses for who, sorry? Have you still got horses for the Queen Consort? Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, we, we do. We've got three horses that, that run in her colours, two of which um, run for the Ebony Horse Cup that she's a patron of. And one and one horse that she she actually bred herself and owns herself as well. Oh, so you'll be no doubt getting some raw visits then. Um, well, we're, yeah, I think um, they've got important things to be thinking about in the, in the near future. But, um, we'll see where it goes after that. Yeah, yeah, obviously, but I mean, no. What I what I meant was, I mean, is is it the sort of the norm, shall we say, under normal conditions, for. Um, you know the royal family to come and visit you in terms of the the training purely a business type of operation. Yeah, I think um, they they, they certainly have done, and and um, you know they 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 do they do enjoy it. So um, I, I'm sure they, they they probably will in the future as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, sort of moving on to racing because that's what we're all about at the end of the day. Um, you've got I see three or four horses running on Sunday. Uh, Plumpton, Plumpton, Plump, four at Plumpton in actual fact. Are they all likely to go? Um, I think I think Arbonneg and Cornicelli probably will. TC3 might just wait a little bit longer. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, and what about Donny Azoff? No, he, he ran last week. So just the two then, basically, then Cornicello and, and Arbonneg. Uh, yeah? And Arbonneg. I think yeah. they, they probably will, yes. Um, I'm not going to put the kiss of death on them this time, so I'm not going to have a bet on them. But are they likely to win? Um, yeah, they, they would both have chances. Um, I suppose Corningcello probably had the better of the two chances. I would have thought, but um, they'll certainly be there to, to do their level best. And I, I read an article in the paper somewhere. I can't remember where. Sort of maybe it was a Racing Post. I don't know. But you're looking to to improve the the sort of what shall I say the standard of the horses that you have under you. Um, is that going to plan? Yeah, so obviously last season was incredible. We had fifty winners from fifty horses, which was which was amazing. Yeah. Um. Certainly, certainly this year, this season, um. You know, we're, we're trying to we've we've actively gone out through the summer to try and um, recruit some some decent decent animals, and and the plan rather than to expand the um, the, the the quantity is to improve the quality of of the strip. So, mm. um, we're, we're we're certainly planning. And hoping to uh, to win some some of the some of the nice races throughout the season. So the, the sort of graded races you'll be entering more so, shall we say? That, that I mean, obviously that's that's the ultimate plan. Um, I suppose we 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 were lucky enough to have won the summer hurdle this time round. So although we've had less summer horses, um, you know, I, I, our plan to win better races has has been working through the summer. So um, I hope that sort of continues through the winter. Yeah, absolutely, and you know, wish you the best of luck on that. Because uh, if you're successful, hopefully it'll help us to be successful. So keep it coming. Yeah, exactly. So fingers crossed. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, okay, Jamie. Well, thanks very much for joining us. Very kind of you, especially at bearing the time. You're obviously a busy man, and um, yeah, let's hope that uh, everything goes well on Monday. And um, yeah, we've got to sort of come to terms with it, haven't we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, fingers crossed it all goes well. Yeah. Okay, Jamie, well, I'll speak to you next week then, if that's all right. Look forward to it. Thanks, Eddie. Take Thank, care. Thanks, Jamie. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne. Now we're going to catch up with our flat racing expert, of course, it's Richard Phillips. Well, good afternoon, Richard. Uh, a very sad week for, for racing in general and, the, and the, the whole of the population of the United Kingdom in in total as it were so um did you ever come across her majesty and, and if so in what capacity i was fortunate enough yes to uh have met her majesty on a few occasions and she was one of the greatest 
supporters of all time for the um, the sport. She absolutely loved the thoroughbred, and she really was passionate about horse racing and horses. So it is a sad week, and this being National Racehorse Week, um, it, the irony of it is that um, you know, I mean trying to organise some events with National Racehorse Week with lots of people visiting yards throughout Britain. The discussion was whether or not it should go ahead, but in the end, the powers that be decided it should be, and I think quite rightly so, having asked, um, I think, the Royal Family directly whether it should, because they said yes, because she should be celebrating her love and passion for the racehorse. So it is a sad week, but it's an amazing reign, and as we all know, an amazing person and she made an amazing contribution to the thoroughbred and, and it really was her passion so um yeah many happy memories of her of her great horses and mm. um every year for national racehorse week hopefully we'll be remembering her majesty and the great contribution she made to the sport absolutely and i know it makes me feel very proud to be an englishman when you see the the, the whole uh, the way things are going since since her death and the way it's been handled it's it's, it's only the british could do something like this can't they Yes, um, I think best to say we're proud to be British rather than English. You know, upset a yeah. few others, but, <laughs> but exactly where you're coming from, agent. Yeah. And it really is. And she, as we know, her majesty epitomised everything that was great about Great Britain. Yeah. And uh, I do think that uh, the great example she set will, will carry on for decades to come, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, moving on to racing then, Richard. Um, Scotland again is sort of coming under the spotlight, isn't it? After uh, the, the week at Balmoral and the, the you know the uh, activities up in Scotland, so uh, the Air Gold Cup. What have you got to say about that? Well, the Air Gold Cup is one of the great sprints of the year, um, held at the um, Great September Meeting up at Air, and uh, as ever, there'll be hundreds of runners. It's there's always a hugely competitive field, yeah. and a lot to do with the draw and things like that, but. Kanjar is the favourite. William Haggis is three-year-old, improving one of Shadwell um, bred horse that won last time out at Haydock. Looks an improving three-year-old, ridden by Jim Crowley. And Kanjar is a horse that looks like he could be a group horse of the future. So I think he's sort of five-to-one favourite. There's plenty of good old handicappers in the race, but it all depends on the draw. There'll probably be a bit of ease in the ground, but I think that should be a fine with Kanjar. So um, I, I think the favourite may well win it, but it's a race that makes bookmakers rich. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. And um, any other big races up at air this particular Saturday? Always an interesting race, the first of Clyde, uh, which is for two-year-old fillies, and it's uh, always a decent prize, and some interesting horses always normally run in it. A magical Sunset, a horse that won at Windsor first time out, uh, and Luna Scape, a horse that won at Goodwood last time. They look interesting horses that... Um, could well run well and run well in the race. Magical Sunset, I said, one at Windsor first time out being a horse called Sakir, who I'll mention in a minute because he goes to the Mill Reef, possibly on Saturday at Newbury. Yeah. And Magical Sunset cost a fair few quid as a yearling, and she's pretty impressive that day. And uh, Lunascape is a horse that's bred by one of our um, supporters, Hunscott Stud, uh, a horse by Cityscape, trained by E. Johnson Horton. Both of them look as though they're promising two-year-olds. So interesting stuff in the first applied. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's a big race at Newbury. Yeah, there's a few great races there, and it's always an, a nice meeting. But the Mill Reef Stakes is always an interesting race. And Persian Force at the moment is the favourite. A horse that ran well at Royal Ascot in the Coventry and has been knocking on the door behind Aidan O'Brien horses in Ireland, etc. And Persian Force really looks a very good two-year-old. And I think that um, highly thought of by the Hannon camp. And he looks favourite for the Mill Reef. And Sakir, who I've just recently mentioned, um, trained by the Crisfords, whose form is unbelievable. The Crisfords are having winners left, right and centre. And Sakir cost half a million quid or more at the Breeze Up sales, which is a sale for two-year-olds earlier in the year. And he got beaten first time out by Magical Sunset, but it was most impressive last time out. In not the most competitive race, but won in a canter. So Sakir looks an interesting horse. So Persian Force and Sakir turn up at Mil in the Mill Reef be a fascinating contest great well thank you for that richard um as i say it's been a sad week but let's hope it can uh, it can end on a, on a on a high at uh, some good racing at air uh, anyway absolutely now we've got lots to look forward to great okay richard thanks for joining us again and we'll speak to you next week well that was richard phillips with a 
preview of the flat weekends to come. Next up, though, we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Good evening, Dave. How are you today? Very well, mate. I'm having a lovely week. So uh, hopefully we'll uh, get this show on the road after the last two weeks. We had the non-runners the first week, and unfortunately we had uh, racing called off for the Queen's passing on uh, last weekend. And uh, we'll have some racing this weekend, but obviously racing will be called off on Monday again. Yeah, it's just one of them things, it stops start and uh, we can all appreciate the reasons why. So, of course uh, we can, yeah, that's we're right. gonna We're going to give our lucky 15 out today for Saturday and uh, we're going to start off with the Air 120 race and the horse we like here is Red Arna. He's won over seven furlongs at Air last September, so obviously he likes running up the course and the track in this time of year. And... What we really liked about him when he broke his profile down, he's had 16 runs on good to soft going, which is what it's predicted for on Saturday. Yeah. And out of those 16 runs, he's won six of them, which is a 37.5% strike rate, which is phenomenal for a racehorse to have that sort of a strike rate in a handicap sort of situation. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is so good. he's going to be our selection in that race there. Uh, Sky better paying five places on the race, and he looks an each way bet to me at the price he is. He's 10 to 1 at the moment, so he'll be the lead off in our uh, lucky 15, and uh, we'll uh, see how what he gets on. But as I say, 37.5% strike rate is phenomenal going, and it, it just shows he likes the track and he likes the going, and everything's pointing in the right direction for him. So that's Red Arner in the Air 120. Okay. Moving down to the second one, we've got an air, which is in the 340 race, and it's called the Vagarim. Uh Got beaten and photo finish last time out in the big handicap at Newmarket. Now, the thing we've noticed is that the handicapper hasn't changed his mark for that run, so he's running off the same handicap mark there. Now, what we've also noticed is this sort of time last year, we won a Group 3 race. So, obviously, he's downgraded into a handicap for this. He showed his coming into form. He showed last year this is the time of year he, he gets his act together. So, everything, again, is pointing in the direction of the dream running a very big race. Now, Sky Better playing seven places uh, each way on this race here. So, 12 to 1 looks to be a fantastic bet in this race. So, that's the dream in the 340 at L. Okay, okay. The other two we've got for you are at Newbury, and the first one of them is in the 215, and you'll like this one. His name is Diligent Harry. <laughs> his last two runs, if you look at his bare form on, on the racing post or anywhere else, it'll show you two little duck eggs, mm -hmm. which means he's finished down the frame. But if you break into the form bank and have a look, he was actually 10th, beating four and a half lengths by Minzel last time out. Yeah. So we got a duck egg for that. Now, you put Minzel in this race, he's going to win it by a lot more than four and a half lengths. Mm. And the second duck egg, he was 12th, beating four and a quarter lengths behind Naval Crown. Again, you put Naval Crown in this race, and he'll win it by more than four and a quarter lengths. Yeah. So even though it's, his bare form, if you just look at it, is 0-0, zero, zero, they're not actually bad runs at all. So uh, the other thing we noticed is last time he ran, he didn't settle too well early on, and he blew up a little bit coming home, which if he settles a little bit better in running, he'll uh, stay on, and I think he'll run a very, very big race. Again, Sky Bet is the place to go. Five places each way terms, priced up at 8-1. to one. So that's Diligent Harry in the Newbury 215. Uh, I see, too, that uh, Clive Cox has got two in this race, and... Uh... Stable jockeys on Diligent Harry, which is encouraging. Yeah. Well, as I say, like you look at his form and it looks like 0-0, zero, zero, but they're not actually zeros. Four lengths behind Minzel and four lengths behind Naval Crown. They're two absolute cracking runs. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it, it's what you've got to do when you look into the form and break it open. And uh, obviously he, he's got some fantastic figures there, really. And it shows up on his bad lines of form as zero zeros, which is very disappointing, really, when the horses run so well like that. So, uh, but there you go. There anyway, you go. last one we got in uh, Lucky 15 for you is at Newbury in the 325 race, and it's Marching Army. 
now. He's won three of his last four races, and he's only been put up three pounds in the handicap for this one. And the thing to note is the jockey book in here, Louis Stewart. Obviously, uh, he's been out for a while. I'm not sure what happened to Louis Stewart, but he's obviously back in the saddle now. He's had 11 rides in the last week or so, and he hasn't hit the winner's frame yet. But he's teaming up here with Saeed Bin Sarur, who used to be the main man for the Godolphin team until Charlie Appleby's taken over. But now Saeed Bin Sarur's got a smaller stable. He's getting a lot lot of winners coming out of uh, the smaller complex he's got compared to when he had the Mountain of Godolphin horses. So it's uh, a little bit little bit hit and miss there with everything that's going on with Louis Stewart, but we've got a trainer in form and we think we've got a jockey who's going to be biting his teeth to get a winner. And uh, again, Sky better playing five places on the race, 13 to 2 for Marching Army, and here's the fourth one of our uh, lucky 15. So that's where we're going to go with uh, four bets for you there. Okay, Dave, that's fine. Thank you very much for that. And uh... Let's hope, as you said, we can kick one off this time without any interruptions, as it were. Yeah, it's been a great week as well. It's been uh, National Racehorse Week, and a lot of the main trainers have had the stables open. We took two visits this week, one down to a lady trainer down at Sturminster Newton, who we've got a share in a horse with, Racine De Ford. And uh, we see the little set-up there. We had a, a lovely little owner's barbecue there on Saturday. And then we went up to see uh, our good friend Milton Harris on Sunday. Oh, right, and, yeah. And uh, yeah. we had a good look around uh, Milton's yard up there on uh, National Racehorse Week, which it's great. You can just log on to the website, National Racehorse Week, and book in to go and see one of the trainers, and you just turn up, get yeah. a guided tour around the stables from all the stable staff. Milton was making the coffees and serving the bacon rolls, which was fantastic. And uh, he didn't charge anyone for any of the drinks or any of the food that was supplied. It was a fantastic morning out. And uh, we went up there. We see Night Salute, Mullenbeg, and Rosie Redrum, and all the top stars of his stable. We see Super Super Jack, who was his fancy for the Cesarevich. But unfortunately, he went out on the gallops on uh, Monday, and his, something's gone wrong with him, so he's not going to be running in the sun. Now, but it was a fantastic uh, day for people that want to go around and have a look at the stables. You can just walk around. He had signs up on two or three of his horses, don't get near me, I bite. So you stayed away from them ones, but the rest of them you could walk up and pet them and give them yeah. a slap down their shoulder and whatever you wanted to do. It was, it was fantastic. So yeah. a big, big up for Milton Harris and the team there for what we see up there when we went up there. and. Uh, Again, to Rashinda Ford, who's got a horse that we've got a share in down there. So it's very nice for all of the local people to get the stables open and let people in to see everything. It was really good. Absolutely. Okay, Dave. Well, thanks for that, mate. And we'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. And finally, we'll catch up with Colin Brown again with his selections for the weekend. Well, good evening, Colin. Um, it's been a sad week, but I'm hoping you've got a few winners for us to cheer us all up. Well, let's hope. Yeah, it's been a very sad week losing a match to the Queen. And, um, gosh, where does the time go? Uh, really has absolutely flown. But, um, yeah, really, you know, and um, it's going a bit... Well, I said, I did a little piece the other day on a on a interview at the races, and I said, Royal Ascot will never, ever be the same without mm. Her Majesty, let alone the world and you know, uh, mm. racing and 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 um, everything that the Queen has ever done in the last seventy years, which is like you couldn't get your head around it. But she mm. has just been absolutely wonderful. You're um, right. You're absolutely right. Absolutely wonderful. But race, you know, life goes on, and we've on Saturday. And I bet if she were still alive, she'd be having a look at the racing on Saturday. And, Looking up at Air and looking at Newbury, looking at Newmarket, and of course she would probably have some runners, so that yeah. would make her even more uh, hungry to look at the uh, racing. So we'll start up at Air. It's the big Air meeting. It's the Air Gold Cup and the Doomside Cup and the Silver Cup up there. It's some fantastic racing, as always, and um, yeah, really, really good racing. And I'm going to start. Um, with the 155, and I think the favourite will win this, the Doonside Cup. And John and Jess Dance have got a private trainer in James Horton. They got all this by Sayuni getting plenty of winners. It's the favourite. Phantom Flight 
I think that will win the first at air on Saturday. Okay. And then we got the the, the, the um, Virgin Bet Air Silver Cup, which is a handicap. It's a bit like the Stewards Cup. You know, over the years yeah. you've had the Stewards Cup, and now they sort of make it this Stewards Consolation because there's so many entries that want to run, mm. and also you've got to be pretty highly rated to run. So it's a shame that those sort of 80 rated horses don't get in this race or 70, but um, anyhow, they're in here today and uh, it'll be an interesting little race. And the horse I think could win the Silver Cup is called Edward Cornelius. Um, it's drawn 20 right up the stand side. That's in the 2.30, the Silver Cup. Edward Cornelius, third at Sandown last time out, only just beaten before that one at, uh, third at Hamilton. Um, it's got a bit of form and um, I think it's a horse that's fairly likely raced and could go well today. Okay. He ran a good race in, 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 up there in a listed race last year. wouldn't beat very far. Um, so I reckon it's got a big, big chance today. Quite incredible when you see that uh, before they actually you know, got down to the, the final declarations for the race, there was 171 entries in the, in the Gold Cup. 171 entries. Unbelievable. Um, it is unbelievable, isn't it? It mm. really is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. It's so competitive. So competitive. Um, right. What wins the next? Well, I think the next race, the listed race, it'll be won by Kevin Ryan's horse by Dubawi. And it's called Queen Me. Only beat the neck by a swing along in the Lava Stakes, the Group 2, uh, up there at York the other day. That was a very good run. And I think this horse will take the beating. Queen Me in the uh, in the 305 up there at Air. Now, what wins the Air Gold Cup, like you rightly said? There are so many race crumbs. It's so hard to get a handle on it. I mean, there's a horse called Summerhand who's been in great form. There's a horse called Gulliver that's ridden by Jason Watson that's also been in pretty good form. They reckon could win. But, do you know, I reckon the, the, the likely favourite will win it. Trained by Haggis. Um, got some big old entries that won last September at Ascot. It's run on and won on various grounds. It won at Haydock last time out on firm. It has won on good. And it's called Kanjar. And I think this one's pretty useful. Trained by, as say, uh, William Haggis, owned by Shadwell's uh, estate company. And that is, of course, uh, Al Maktoum, Hamdan Al Maktoum. So that's the one, I think, for me. And it's uh, number 14 in the 340 at air and Kanjar. I see the betting. It's, it's, it's come from 7 to 1 to 5 to 1 to 4 to 1 to 7 to 2 to 130. So somebody's having a few quid on it. I think they think it's pretty smart. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, very soon we'll be having this Zarowicz, which is um, the longest flat race that's run um, at Newmarket. And um, it's over two mile two, this one. And that's at Newmarket in the 3.51. What a stupid time. 3.51. And it's, uh, as I say, it's the the Zarowich trial. So, what wins it? Well, oh, a ton of runners, actually. But I think Spencer rides a horse here that could win it. And it's called the Max We Can. It won at Ascot last time. I was doing the presentations that day. And it's called the Max We Can. And I reckon that one's got a real good chance today in the, um, in the uh, Zarowich trial at Newmarket. That's at 3.51. There's okay. a group, um, there's a Turner's Group Phillies handicap there, which is quite competitive as well. And uh, I think Roger Varian's uh, horse has got a chance in it. Flora Finch. Um, and Ed Bethel's horse is in good form. He's got something in it called um, uh, Real Rosie. It's one of those little valuable handicaps that's really quite competitive 
But as I more I look at it today, I thought, you know, Sea Galaxy was really impressive on the 15th of August, and that was at Windsor. Um, Fallon rides it, Sea Galaxy to give Haggis another winner, across the card winner. And that's in the 4.26 at um, Newmarket. Okay. Right. Right, let's have a little look at Newbury. Some good races at Newbury. The duty free day is there, and uh, some very good horses are taking their chances here. Um, gosh, what wins it? It's a real good race, a really good race. What What so is the race by, just as a matter of uh, interest? Uh, it's the 140, it's the Dubai oh. duty, you know, free um, cup. Good of you to mention that. Good of you to mention that. Did I not say that? Did <laughs> no, you didn't mention that. that. No, oh, no. I just gallop on, you know. I expect everybody to know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm going to have a word so, with Mary, yeah, I tell you, mate, and get her to get you in hand. I tell you, you need sorting out. I'll tell you what. I showed, me picture, I showed Mary a picture of you on Saturday. She said, not, like, what, not quite what I expected. <laughs> I said, what do you mean by that, Mary? She said he looked a fantastic, friendly chap who I love listening to oh. every every week. You see, bless yeah, you, Mary. Thought you might, he, she thought you might have had a like completely bald head because I said you were, you know, whatever. Um, oh. But no, good head of hair. She was very pleased. Oh, good. Well, I'm pleased she was. And that uh, one day, Mary, don't you and I will meet sooner, sooner or later. Absolutely. We had lovely. I went there. We had a lovely tea. Uh, her, her lovely daughters are there and granddaughter. The garden looked great. The sun was shining. I turned up at number eight and uh, forgot it was number four. But um, there we are. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ringing the bell thinking not many people around. Um, but no, we had a lovely time at Mary's and it was good to see you. So yeah. listen, that's a bit of gabble from um, from AD and I. Basically, I was at Harry Fry's open day. Popped in to see AD and have a little tomato juice. On the way through, uh, where were we at Merritt? Was it? Yeah, we were at Merritt in the King's Head. In the King's Head, lovely pub and a lovely smell of roast dinners there. Obviously, yeah. some great, um, great smell of roast beef and Yorkshire pudding. I would have rather liked to have stayed there. And AD, you could have just bought me a nice lunch. Well, I could I have done, to... couldn't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had to skip on to Mary's, but um, it was lovely to see Mary's. Well, all looking well. Right. What wins the next? Well, we are talking about the Dubai Duty Free Legacy uh, Stakes Group Three race at one forty. I thought I'd just pop the time in there so that no one gets lost. Yeah. And what wins it? Well, I think actually Charlie Appleby will win it. The horse called Siskiny, and <clears throat> number six um, got some good form. Hasn't had many runs. Ran fourth at Newbury in a good race last back end, and hasn't run since um, running. Uh, in 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 the uh, oh gosh what race was it? it was a big old race the Longines Red Sea Cup in Riyadh um, but he'll have it fit it was a good race and I think that will win Siskiny one forty at Newbury right here right the four seventeen two seventeen two fifteen in fact uh, <laughs> at Newbury is the Dubai International Air World Trophy Stakes, a group three race. What wins it? It's a really good race, actually. Um, what does win it? I think that um, this horse has been a bit un... Well, he's been a bit um, unlucky, if you like, and a bit disappointing, but could bounce back to form. And it's called Diligent Harry. Trained by Clive Cox. Kirby rides him in the 2.15 at Newbury. Interesting to see that Clive Cox um, has got two runners in the race and uh, Adam Kirby's taking Diligent Harry. So there might be some yeah, message no. there. There might be, except for I don't think you can do the weight on the other one. Oh, is that what it is? Right, uh, okay. Sadly, but um, I am double-checked, but that could possibly it, mm. be it. Um, right, what wins the next one? What is well, the next one, more to the point? I'm going to tell you, it's the 250, the Dubai Duty Free Mill Reef States. And um, I think Hannon's horse should have been, what is it called? Should have been, should have been a ring. Should have been a ring. Should 
of being a ring. That's a funny name. Yeah. He's a nine or four favourite. But I'm going to go for um, Kirby's ride, only seven runners, on heroism. This one at Salisbury really easy. And Clive doesn't often have first time out winners. So this happened to win first time out. And what happens then with Clive's horses, they end up being like listed or group horses. So I think it's got a real good chance maybe of winning the Dubai Duty Free Stakes. And that is at uh, the time, what did I say it was? 2.50. Yeah. Okay. Right. What else wins there? I'm not going to go for anything else, actually. I'm going to try and keep it a little bit more, you know. Yeah, that's all right. Well, that's that's uh, four, six, nine horses. That's not too bad. One, two, three. That'll do. If we, if, if we had nine winners, it'd be good. If we had five, it'd be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any less than that, not quite so good. But there we go. Anyhow, good. listeners, have a great weekend. And of course, you know, Monday is a it is a, our late queen's funeral. So I'm sure you know lots of companies will be uh, shut down, and um, it, people can pay their respects. So it'll be interesting. Over two thousand people going to the funeral. Mm. Yes, it's going to be a sad day, but. Um... There we are. These things happen, and you know, we've got to move on, haven't we? I'm afraid that's the thing. So yeah. yeah. Okay then. Uh, Anyhow, take care. Yeah. And Aidy uh, will speak to you soon. Okay, mate. Love you. Thank you. Well, that brings us to an end of the show this week. Uh, just a quick reminder that we will not be on the air on Three Valleys Radio on Monday, as a mark of respect to Her Majesty the Queen. So until next week, this is Eddie Hopper saying bye for now and we look forward to you joining us next week.